Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. And this is our final broadcast of 2020 as we'll be ringing in the new year 2021 and on this New Year's Eve. Uh, we're actually taping the program on the 30th, and as we speak right now, there are hearings, election fraud hearings, being conducted at the state legislature in Georgia, which will have, of course, the U.S. Senate runoff uh, that will take place here next week, and it will determine who will control the U.S. Senate. So regardless of what happens in the Electoral College, whether it becomes Mr. Biden or whether President Trump survives the um, uh, the challenges that uh, basically of election fraud that took place in a number of battleground states, and uh, Congress will weigh in on that. We're going to discuss that in a few minutes. Uh, joining me will be OCA board member uh, Pastor Al Davis, also live with Pastor Al right here on the same radio station, and we're going to be discussing this and. You know, these are interesting times, folks. I don't need to tell you that. And, of course, if you go to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance, and just do a search on that, uh, one of the things we're suggesting is the new search engine is DuckDuckGo, or if you use uh, Bing or something like that, we're trying to stay away from Google, because uh, obviously Google, Facebook, Twitter, uh, the major media, uh, those social media platforms, and YouTube, which Google basically uh, controls YouTube, uh, are all censoring uh, conservative speech. And so we're in an information battle going forward. As conservatives, as Christian evangelicals, we're going to have to find better ways to communicate with each other uncensored uh, as far as our speech. And because we are in an all-out war right now in information, and more and more people are waking up to that effect. And so we're giving you new platforms to join us on. We're going to be joining on MeWe uh, in the weeks to come. We just heard that Mark Levin left Facebook. More and more major uh, conservative voices are leaving these liberal social platforms that have censured. In fact, the Ohio Christian Alliance membership page and my own personal page, and I've reposted uh, factual, uh, detailed election fraud hearings and articles, and Facebook basically says, oh, this is inaccurate information, and this is the fact-checkers have said that this is inaccurate, this is false. This, listen, folks, this is crazy stuff that's going on in our country right now, in this republic, and that's what we're trying to do in this broadcast. We're going to talk about saving the republic. We're going to hear a news clip, basically an audio interview that was conducted with Sidney Powell, the attorney uh, for uh, the election fraud hearings, and actually she's been battling in the courts. Uh, drawing out the Dominion voting systems and what they've done in switching votes. And she was on the Rush Limbaugh program this week with a guest host. And we're going to go to that news clip, uh, in, uh, interview clip, in just a few minutes. So I'm going to welcome Pastor Al Davis with me. Pastor, welcome, and Happy New Year. Well, thank you, Chris, and Happy New Year to you as well. Well, Pastor, I know that uh, you've been in some meetings lately with some concerned citizens, obviously, here in Ohio. Uh, we fought for election integrity in this state for uh, a long time. In fact, eight years ago, the Ohio Christian Alliance conducted a statewide citizen's audit of boards of election after the 2012 election because our people basically registered to vote. 
They work at the polls. They work at the boards of election. And we received a number of suspicious reports, uh, so many so that we launched this year-long Citizens Audit back in 2012. We brought our findings to the state legislature, the attorney general, the secretary of state, members of the media, and there were uh, basically uh, election law changes in Ohio. We didn't have problems in Ohio or in Florida, but in these other states, that have large Democrat urban counties, there was suspicious activity, to say the least, and we're talking outright, just not just voter fraud, but election fraud. Your thoughts? Yeah, you're right, and when you think about it, you know the, the Bible is correct in talking about the heart of man being evil, and so people are going to try to get away with things, and that's why we have laws. We have laws to restrain man's baser tendencies. And without laws, you would not be able to rely on any of these elections. And that's why some of the work that the Ohio Christian Alliance has done in the past in advocating for sensible, uh, reasonable laws to help ensure the fairness and the, the integrity of our elections is so important. And that's why this issue, the recent presidential election, it needs to be looked at. It needs to be talked about and investigated. And the hearings that are going on, Sidney Powell and, and others that are involved in these hearings, because if we cannot trust the integrity of our election process, then we've, we've really lost our country, haven't we? We have, and we're going to post on our uh, Facebook page, the Ohio Christian Alliance. You can join us there. We're also going to put it on as a link on our website at Ohio Christian Alliance, the hearings out of Georgia today. It's uh, live right now as we speak. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is uh, at the podium, and he is uh, testifying before the uh, Georgia General Assembly again. Folks, anyone telling you that this is over, it's not over. (laughs) In fact, it's far from over. And so... Uh, you know, you say, well, the inauguration's coming up, uh, the certification of the vote on January 6th. Yes, fireworks are going to be happening in Washington next week. There are going to be scores of thousands, and I'm going to say hundreds of thousands of people are going to meet on January 6th, as there's going to be a large rally for the Republic in Washington, D.C. Now, Pastor Al, we're seeing all kinds of suspicious things going on. This bombing that took place in Nashville, Tennessee, on Christmas Day in front of an ATT central location, uh, which basically was a communications hub, took out the building, we're told took out a supercomputer, affected communications for hundreds of miles, including 911. And there were some reports that they were going to conduct the audit of the Dominion voting systems. That's been unconfirmed, but these are some of the reports. There's suspicion around what happened with this bombing on Christmas Day just a few days ago. So, I mean, events are unfolding so quickly, it's hard to keep pace of all that's going on and to keep it straight. You just can't believe, folks, the narrative that you get from the major media. It's like, oh, this is a lone wolf. And the question I have, how does anyone amass that much explosives post-9-11 world? You can't even buy bottle rocket, uh, uh, you know, rockets uh, for and not, not have the FBI or ATF know about it in today's world. How does he amass that much explosions, uh, explosives to be able to conduct that blast, if indeed that's the narrative? Pastor, your thoughts. Well, you're right, Chris. And when you look at the building where he exploded that, it wasn't the the uh, AT&T building that was very uh, identifiable, the one they called, I think, the Bat Building or whatever. And this was down the street from there, a more nondescript location. It was the main switching center. 
And they have these around the country where much of the telecommunications traffic is routed through there. And, of course, they had some of these machines in there they believe were tied into the Dominion system. And, and I've heard some people speculating that maybe this was an attempt to destroy those machines. But, of course, the building was somewhat hardened more than a normal building. And I've, I've heard that the machines were not destroyed. So he may, if that was the case, he may have failed in that. But you're right. There are things happening every day. Uh, sometimes multiple times a day. And I think many people are off balance. Uh, it's hard to keep up with what's happening in the news. And uh, it, it's difficult when you hear these things to know who to believe. And that's where I think we need to rely upon the Lord and trust in the Lord and uh, and and do the best that we can to find good sources of news and to find people that we can uh, uh, listen to that will help us understand what's happening. Well, that's right. And, and the Bible says, discern the spirits, discern the times. You know, the sons of Issachar were men of understanding mm-hmm. who understood uh, the times of what Israel ought to do. You know, it was John Adams who said that our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the governance of any other meaning, folks. If people are going to be corrupt, if they're going to be immoral, if they're going to commit fraud in elections, that is going to damage and threaten the republic as we know it. You know, attorney Sidney uh, Powell, she is a committed Christian. Lynn Wood is a committed Christian. These are evangelicals, people who love the Lord Jesus, and yet they're being ridiculed in the media. Discern the times, discern the spirits, because the devil is literally lying today and over the airwaves. So consider the source, as the Bible says. Consider what you're hearing and who's telling you these things. So there's lots of lies that are abounding today. But election fraud took place. It took place in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, and Arizona. You know, in Ohio and Florida, we worked on that for many years. Those were two battleground states. So where did they work? They worked in Atlanta proper, and that's run by Democrats, almost single-party rule in Democrat Atlanta, that main county. In Philadelphia, almost single-party rule, all Democrats. Uh, the the uh, people that were observers were kicked out of the counting areas when they stopped counting in the middle of the night. Then there is video of them bringing out ballots from under tables. Folks, read and look at the video yourself. The evidence is there. It's clear. And what you're about to hear in this audio clip of Sidney Powell, and this is what you're not hearing on CNN, ABC, CBS, and the major media news, you need to understand something. No judge has actually heard the evidence or the hundreds, literally hundreds, of affidavits of people that are coming forward, by the way, at their own risk and safety. Many of them have received threats because they've come forward to tell what and to, to witness what they saw uh, in eyewitness statements under penalty of perjury. They have come forward. They're, those affidavits and that evidence has not been heard by any judge of all the judges who have dismissed these cases. Folks, something's going on. Let's go to that audio clip right now. This is Sidney Powell on the airwaves of the Rush Limbaugh program just yesterday. I want to get to this new report you have and, and have you explain in like an elevator pitch what's in that report. And then I want to get to some of these questions that folks want to ask you that range from, hey, really, is there any chance to will you be Trump's AG? So what's in the new report, Sidney Powell? Uh, the new report has a truckload of evidence of foreign interference in the election in it. 
That's what people want to seem to deny, even though the FBI and the CISA, the counterintelligence or whatever it's called, is part of Homeland Security that looks at foreign interference in elections. <clears throat> you know, the same guy that said there was no problem here actually issued a, an advisory and alert back on October 30th and updated on, on November 3rd do, documenting foreign interference in the election. So for them to deny that now is absolutely absurd. Plus, we have an affidavit from a, an expert cyber warfare person who even shows the diagram of all the attacks coming in. And we know that the VPN, the virtual protocol something or other for, for computers, I'm not a computer geek, as you can probably tell, Anyway, they, the Dominion people left those open the night of the election and unencrypted, so anybody could get in. We know that the packets of information went to Serbia and um, Liechtenstein and Spain and uh, Venezuela and Hunan, China, and Hong Kong. I mean, there was traffic all over into our uh, election system that is supposed to be self-contained, not accessible by the Internet at all. We have witnesses who document that it was connected to the Internet. We have a study out of uh, one of the, com the voting systems that we were finally allowed access to in Michigan. They know it was connected to the Internet. They erased their, their audit files and their uh, adjudication files where they dumped over, over 68% of the ballots into a, a bin that they call adjudication. That would have been thousands and thousands of ballots. And then an individual with no scrutiny whatsoever decides what to do with those. And obviously they were trained to either flip them for Biden, trash them for Trump, move them to a third-party candidate, and then do something else with them. It was a very elaborate and well-organized plan. And we're documenting that in lawsuits that we filed in that are now pending before the Supreme Court regarding the states of Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Sydney Powell's with us. And Sydney, I was drawn in to believing the election was stolen when I saw some analysis by Patrick Byrne. Uh, who's a gentleman who was the founder of Overstock.com and a, and a great, great math mind and, and computer mind, a friend of mine named Justin Hart, who is an independent data analyst and not at all a grenade thrower, very settled scientific mind who simply looked at the data and said, I am seeing structured data in raw data. It shouldn't be here. Seeing votes switched from Trump to Biden. So I'm with you on this. And here's, here's, I think the crux of this question or crux of this issue. I think I'll boil down the questions of listeners to this. Has a judge anywhere actually looked at the evidence that you have or have they just read your brief? Has any judge in any of these cases, Sydney said, I want to see all the evidence? No, no judge has heard the evidence. No judge has truly even looked at the affidavits that have been attached. <clears throat> they have dismissed the cases out of hand on uh, uh, issues like standing or uh, and the abstention doctrine, actually this ridiculous litany of excuses to reject our cases in particular because we represent electors who have standing under the Constitution in all of these states. So for them to dismiss our cases on any basis, absolutely ridiculous. We have 
just an extraordinary volume of evidence that you wouldn't even put in the complaint stage of a normal case. But knowing the scrutiny this was going to receive, we've documented it extremely well, as best as could be possibly done in the length of time allowed under the whole election setup. I mean, this was a masterful, masterful Machiavellian scheme by all the people that pulled it off. And they, COVID was a cover for the fake ballots. There are hundreds of thousands of fake ballots that were generated. And Let's talk about that. The system. L- let me yeah, talk about that. even more evidence on that every day. That was Sidney Powell as she was on with uh, the Rush Limbaugh program this week with a guest host. And what a, an impactful bombshell uh, basically, that she testified of the evidence of what you just heard, that there was foreign interference, that these machines were connected to the Internet. They have the evidence of this. Yet no judge, whether it was filed in Michigan or uh, filed in Pennsylvania or Georgia, uh, thrown out without hearing the evidence and or hearing the testimonies of the affidavits. Unreal what's going on now, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Al, your thoughts? Well, you know, when you look at it, the judicial branch of our government is there for a reason. And in this particular case, it appears that they've just uh, decided to not involve themselves. And uh, the question then becomes why? Well, you know, there are some uh, thoughts and some conjecture about that, that uh, they've been threatened. Uh, Judges have been threatened in this country, folks. It's happened in the past. It's happening as we speak. There are people that are afraid of their own uh, livelihoods. They're afraid of their own persons, their personal security, their family. What am I talking about? Well, what did we see happen this year with the mob of Black Lives Matter and Antifa? And basically what they did was going to politicians' homes and basically threatening them. Not just Republican, but Democrat homes, too, of which they did not agree with some uh, something that a public official said or did. Folks, this is happening in real time. In the streets, they rioted. They, they looted. They burned. Uh, they basically uh, commit, committed mayhem, and then they took some of that to people's personal residences. These judges are afraid, and when you have fear, you cannot have liberty. You cannot have an operating republic when you have that kind of uh, intimidation going on that none of these judges on any level would take these cases. And they're thinking, oh, I'm not touching that. Oh, I'm not touching that, especially with the liberal news media ridiculing. There's no evidence of voter fraud. These baseless claims by the Trump administration, by the Trump campaign, these baseless claims, yet hundreds, now probably in the thousands, affidavits, individuals, each one of them coming forward by their own courage and signing affidavits with threat of perjury, and then, of course, the evidence that's mounting up. Folks, if you're not watching, if you're not listening then you are in a stupor. And we know that if you're listening to this program that you're not. We appreciate that. This is News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We're going to keep it going in 2021. We could use your help. If you'd like to make a contribution to help keep this radio program on the air and keep this information relative and and uh, pertinent to your, uh, your, your ears and, of course, to the public, 
You could do so by making a contribution of any size at our website at Ohio Christian Alliance. Just Google that or uh, basically search that. Don't use Google. Use DuckDuckGo. Use Zing. Use something else. But search Ohio Christian Alliance or just go to ohioca.org and then make a contribution there. Pastor Al, this is, I mean, January 6th is going to be the time in which the electors are presented in Congress. What might happen? We have a few minutes left. Well, I'm hopeful and and prayerful that by the end of January 6th, we will know who our next president is going to be. But at this point, I'm not holding my breath, Chris. But I do think that uh, we all ought to be in prayer for our country. We all ought to be in prayer for President Trump and for Vice President uh, Pence, who will have a great deal of responsibility on the 6th. And we do need to be in prayer for um, just our Congress in general, the House, the Senate, and uh, all those who have authority over us. Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy chapter two, or First Timothy chapter two, that we ought to pray for kings and for all that are in authority, that we meet, might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. I think God's people need to be on their knees in prayer leading up to this. Well, that's exactly right. And also in uh, Proverbs 3.13, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. You know, we need to seek the Lord right now for wisdom in these days that we live in, ladies and gentlemen, because these are going to be trying days. They already have in 2020. It looks as if it's going to continue in 2021. And so we do ask that you pray for wisdom, pray for understanding of the times that we live in, uh, that's what God would have us to do. Well, January 6th is going to be some big doings in Washington, D.C., with this large rally that's going to be there on the day that the electors are to be presented before Congress. There is going to be objections by members of Congress, and now that we've been confirmed, both chambers, both U.S. congressmen and U.S. senators, will now object to the electors because of the evidence that's been prevented, presented excuse me, presented on election fraud. But to follow some of what we just talked about, you can go to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance. That's ohioca.org. We will post up the Georgia hearings as they were conducted today in, before the legislature and presenting evidence of voter fraud. This is what we need to know. If we're going to safeguard our republic, if we're going to keep this going, if we're going to keep this wonderful American republic going, it's going to take vigilance on all of our parts. Pastor Al, thank you for joining me today on the program. I appreciate it, my friend. Well, thank you, Chris, and Happy New Year to you and all of our listeners. Absolutely, and God bless you and your congregation and all your listeners in this new year. And uh, we just trust that the Lord will guide and lead us, and we want to thank you all for listening and being part of the program. Also, stay tuned, because on the other side, we're going to hear from Dr. David Prentice, who's going to talk about the vaccines, uh, the COVID-19 vaccines, uh, actually, I won't need that, Pastor Al, because I just survived and recovered from COVID-19, <laughs> as well as a number of my family members did. Thankfully, none of us were hospitalized. And Amen. it's kind of a bad case of the flu. We did get through it. We want to pray for those who are ill, of course, and keep them in mind in our prayers. But uh, stay tuned as Dr. Prentice is going to share with us some helpful information on the vaccines that are being uh, distributed as we speak. Again, thanks again for joining me, Pastor Al. God bless you, my friend. God bless. And thank you, folks. And we'll see you in the new year. And stay tuned to hear the interview with Dr. Prentice. God bless. 
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. Well, this week there was big news as the coronavirus vaccines rolled out as Operation Warp Speed delivered on its promise that there would be a vaccine by the end of the year beginning to be distributed in the continental United States. President Trump made that promise. Many in the liberal uh, left media ridiculed him and said how outrageous and impossible that was to achieve. Yet, through Operation Warp Speed, it was able to be conducted, in fact, We're going to go to a news briefing from the Pentagon. Uh, That's Army General Gus Perna, Chief Operating Officer of Operation Warp Speed, briefed the media on Monday of the COVID-19 vaccine distribution, and he did this in Washington, D.C. Let's take a listen. Well, hello, everyone, and uh, thank you for joining us for this distribution update today. We face very challenging trends around the country as the virus continues to spread with hospitalizations and deaths near or at record highs in many places and still rising. But today we have hope on the way. 
Supplies of an FDA-authorized, safe, and effective COVID-19 vaccine are arriving at sites across America. Vaccinations begin today, as soon as healthcare workers are ready to start providing them. America is one of the very first countries to roll out a safe and effective vaccine for this virus, and America has played a greater role than any other in getting the world to this point. President Trump's Operation Warp Speed has helped bring us a medical miracle. Substantial quantities of a safe and effective vaccine within a year after the virus was first known to the world. I want to thank the President for his bold vision, for his unwavering support of Operation Warp Speed, and for bringing together all of America, HHS, the military, the private sector, and the states to make this happen. This week, everyone's work starts to pay off. This weekend's shipment of vaccines is 2.9 million doses, enough to vaccinate 2.9 million people. With 2.9 million doses held back and sent in 21 days for people to receive their second dose. Each Friday from here on out, we will announce new weekly allocations of vaccine. It's likely that another vaccine may be authorized in the coming days if it meets FDA's rigorous standards. Pending the successful authorization of other vaccine options, we have enough vaccines already purchased to ensure we can meet our goal of vaccinating every American who wants it by the end of the second quarter of 2021. We continue to negotiate for and purchase more doses too, including the announcement of another 100 million doses of Moderna to be delivered in the second quarter of 2021. States and other jurisdictions have decided who will be vaccinated in the early stages, drawing on their own best judgment their own situation and the recommendations of experts. These jurisdictions will generally be using these first doses to immunize frontline healthcare workers along with residents of long-term care facilities like nursing homes and assisted living facilities. Today, the CDC distributed another $140 million in funding to states to continue planning efforts around allocation. Operation Warp Speed is taking care of the cost of the vaccines themselves the ancillary supplies like needles and syringes, and the cost of distributing the vaccines to jurisdictions. While healthcare payers are handling administration costs, so no American faces an out-of-pocket expense for this vaccine. Well, that's uh, the news that came out on Monday, and of course, uh, the vaccine is being distributed across the country. And of course, here in Northeast Ohio and throughout Ohio, we're on uh, very high levels of infection of coronavirus, and some of our nursing homes have been hit very hard. In fact, the nursing home where my mother was, uh, it ran through there in a space of 15 days. It went from just a few patients to over 100. Uh, my mom did not survive. She passed away uh, 10 days ago, and, uh, of course, we thank you all for your condolences. Uh, mom was 91. I'm not sure she died of COVID-19, but certainly it weakened her. And even as I speak to you, I was tested today for COVID-19. We're doing this virtual through the phone line, so nobody's exposed, either the board op or our guest that's about to come on. Uh, but I've had all the symptoms over the last six days. So obviously, the virus is out there. And then it's, uh, as you heard, for every American who wants it, meaning it's optional. Let's talk about vaccinations, because in the pro-life community, one of the concerns we had from beginning was how were these vaccinations going to be uh, developed. And uh, one of our watchdogs in Washington, a man we've known for many years and has come to Ohio on many occasions to testify on behalf of uh, protecting the unborn 
and uh, defending life is Dr. David Prentice. He is Vice President and Research Director of the Charlotte Institute uh, in Washington, D.C. Doctor, welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. Good to be with you. Well, good to be with you, and I hope that... Let me ask you just out. Did you have COVID this last year, or have you dodged the bullet? Uh, we've dodged it so far. Of course, we're staying pretty close to home. Uh, get out, maybe go to the grocery store and, and drive through a drive through uh, food place, and, and that's been pretty much it. We're trying to be very cautious and and keep physical distance and so on. But it's, it's tough, and uh, I know people who have had it. Uh, I know some people who have passed because of COVID, and yes. so it's a serious, uh, situation, and we're we're we've been looking forward to these vaccines to roll off uh, so that people can start to get some relief. Well, that's right, and of course, uh, you know the the president made these projections, and people thought that they were ridiculous because normally, <laughs> how long does it take, doctor, to get these kinds of vaccinations approved? Normally, through the process through the FDA, normally this would take nine or ten years. Oh, Lord. But uh, what we've seen is that at President Trump's direction, this has taken nine or ten months. Well, that's right. And that's why the announcement came from the Pentagon, because he actually enacted the Wars Act uh, and fighting COVID-19 across the country, as indeed it was an invasion of this virus that came from China. Now, there's no dispute about that, Wuhan, China, yeah. and the, and the uh, bio uh, lab there, how it got out, how it was distributed, that's still under speculation, but nevertheless, uh, he quit the travel from uh, uh, coming to the United States. He took the precautions that he could, but it seemed as if it was already here, some say as early as November of 2019, uh, that it may have been already distributed here in this country just by way of those who traffic, uh, travel back and forth from Asia to the United States. And there are people that I've talked to that said they remembered getting sick in December and certainly January, and they think that they had COVID, but uh, the testing wasn't available then, so they'll never know. But uh, certainly this is one in which now we're getting in the second wave, and it seems as if here in Ohio we're getting hit hard with the second wave for sure. Yeah, I think there are, there are a number of places that you sort of had a first wave, especially in places where they had a lot of travel from out of state and out of country and, you know, high population areas where, you know, of course, people are crowded together and so on, and they're passing the virus. Well, you know, that kind of passed a little bit, but now you've got, again, it's passing through, uh, I'm sure, because of, of people traveling again and, and congregating and so on. But, you know, we need an effective vaccine, several effective vaccines, and it looks like uh, this is all starting to bear fruit. And again, uh, like you have already said, a lot of people were naysayers, oh, you can never get a vaccine that quick, oh, this won't happen, and you know, President Trump was right, though. And and part of that is due to new technology, and, and part of that just some some canny leadership in terms of pushing this forward. One of the concerns, of course, in the pro-life community was that aborted uh, uh, stem, stem lines would not be used in research or development to uh, pursue a vaccination. Uh, not because you, you stop and think about that for me. It's like, well, why would that be used? Because some in the medical community see that as an option for research. 
but you're an ethicist that uh, obviously is a watchdog on these things in Washington. Your organization has been out there on the front end. Tell us a little bit about that, what's gone on these many months in that discussion. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it has been a concern all along. I mean, if you look back, there are still some, it's, it's a dwindling number, but still 9 out of 58 FDA-licensed vaccines against viral diseases that make use of aborted fetal cell lines to grow the virus to make the vaccine. And it's not, it's not fresh aborted tissue. In other words, it's not uh, like your viewers or your listeners have probably seen the, the videos that David Daleiden did, uh, the undercover journalism that exposed all of the buying, selling, and trafficking of aborted baby body parts. Uh, it's not that. These are cells that there was an abortion, and it was decades ago, and some of those cells were put into the Petri dish, and they've been growing ever since. But, of course, you can trace that line ethically straight back to that abortion. So there's distance in, in time and space, but there's still an ethical thread there. And, and people might go, so why do they use those at all? Well, for viruses, you have to grow them in cells if you want whole virus back out. And, and that's been the only way to make a viral vaccine for many years until recently is you put the virus into that dish of cells the virus multiplies and grows in the cells just like it might in our body in an infection. You break open those cells to harvest a bunch of virus out. You kill it or weaken it, and whole virus then, killed or weakened, is what goes into my arm. Well, one of the advantages uh, that the Warp Speed program was able to use is there are now five ways to make virus vaccines. And the four newer ways are kind of some, some new technology, if you will. Uh, and Pfizer and Moderna, the two leading ones, the one that's already approved, and Moderna will most likely be approved within just a few days now, use a technology called mRNA, messenger RNA. It's a little recipe, a genetic recipe that is a recipe how to make a protein, and what protein are they going to make? Well, if your listeners have seen those uh, diagrams they show of the coronavirus, they've got all those little spiky knobs on the outside. That's called the spike protein. It's the protein that the virus uses to attach to and infect the cells in our body. Now, if I'm an immune cell, though, in my body, what am I going to be looking for? How do I recognize that virus? I look at that spike protein. It's kind of the face on the wanted poster that our immune cells are going to look for. And so what Pfizer and Moderna and, frankly, a number of other companies have done is they took just the recipe for that protein. It's not the whole entire virus like we used to make. Instead, you just make this little genetic recipe. You actually design it on the computer, and then you can make this little snippet of information in the test tube in the lab. You put it in what's called a lipid particle, which is a fancy way to say a small oil droplet, and that protects it and then also helps it to merge with our cells 
And so you get that injection into my uh, muscle and my arm. That little snippet, that recipe for that spike protein goes into my cells, and my cells make the virus protein and then show it to my immune system. Again, show that wanted poster face, and my immune cells start to make antibodies. Well, because you're only doing this for the one protein instead of trying to grow a whole virus, and because you can design this on the computer and make that little snippet in the lab without any cells being used, it's a lot faster to be able to do that kind of a a vaccine. And as I've said, you don't use any cells to make this particular type of vaccine. It's cell-free using some enzymes in the test tube in the lab. And so you're not using those abortion-derived cells to make this kind of vaccine. You don't have to worry about any leftover bits of fetal cell or, or any ethical connection when it goes into my arm. Doctor, as we've been uh, discussing these issues now for a number of years and defending, uh, you know, uh, the life in the womb and, of course, uh, you know, protecting, uh, obviously, the, the unborn innocent and then, of course, with research, uh, that making sure that uh, research conducted in this country is along those ethical lines. Uh, the discussions on Capitol Hill during this time when there was a rush to get a vaccination, what kind of debate went on among the members uh, on both sides of the aisle in regards to this when Lozier Institute would make its its objections known or its concerns known about using aborted lines for development of vaccinations, that it wasn't necessary, right. in other words? It, it, it's totally not necessary, and I think that's the main point. There are ethical ways ethical cell types, as well as ethical techniques that don't even use cells, as we've talked about. Uh, So you don't have to use these abortion-derived cells. But, you know, we we sort of got a mixed reaction when you would talk about that, or you would talk about using the, the aborted baby body parts, or about using adult stem cells versus embryonic stem cells. Uh, You can probably guess what kind of reaction we would get if we were talking to uh, conservatives versus liberals. The, the conservatives were happy to go towards the alternatives, if you will, the ethically derived tissues and cells and so on, whereas most of the liberals we tried to bring this up to uh, really didn't see any problem with that. Let's just keep going ahead. Let's keep uh, trafficking in tissues from abortion. You know, in terms of that, again, something that President Trump and his administration did uh, over a year ago, they stopped funding, federal funding, uh, with our taxpayer dollars of most of the research that relied on those aborted baby body parts. And then they they said, we're even going to start cutting off the grants to universities that want to continue that kind of research. And you heard all of these claims that it was absolutely essential to use aborted baby body parts and fetal cells and so on to do the research or to make vaccines or to do all these various investigations. We kept talking to them about the ethical science, though, which is actually better, and you can provide lots and lots of proofs of that. And so that has been moving forward, whereas They're slowly starting to to 
open their eyes and cut off federal taxpayer money for uh, this research that uses this horrific process uh, and tissue. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue We're talking with Dr. David Prentice. He is Vice President and Research Director for the Charlotte Lozier Institute in Washington, D.C., and, of course, that's a pro-life organization. Doctor, of course, we've seen over the last four years so many pro-life gains uh, because of President Trump and conservatives in Washington and the administration has been very favorable to our cause. Um, That You know, when we think about what you just stated and uh, defunding of Planned Parenthood, uh, defunding these grants that were going to these universities. You and I go back, I was just thinking of how long yeah. we've known each other. I think it's like 17 years, going back to 2003 here in Ohio when we were fighting against embryonic stem cell research here in the Ohio State House. And then, of course, banning animal-human hybrid and, uh, of animal and, and human cloning. And we made those arguments here, and of course, Ohio has a number of research facilities, Ohio State University, Cincinnati Children's, by Ohio, a lot of them, you know, Case Western, they all came in and, and opposed us in our efforts and uh, because they were conducting embryonic stem cell research at some level or at least wanted to leave the door open to do so. They didn't want to, it to be dis, uh, restricted in any way. Well, we made our, our case uh, over the years. We weren't able to get legislation over the final finish line, but I do believe it had a positive impact from what we're told. Many of them Many of them did not pursue it because of the negative publicity of all that we did uh, with the uh, legislation at the state house and the publicity of each time that you came to Ohio. Then, on the national level, you've been um, and internationally, of course, you've been uh, championing the cause. We really appreciate your work. 
How do you see things going now? What's our next level of battle on this front uh, in the next months and a few years now? Well, I mean, one one battle is definitely going to be at the federal level. Uh, your listeners might have heard that uh, Mr. Biden has decided that, uh, assuming that he takes office, that he will nominate Javier Becerra, uh, current Attorney General of California, as his HHS secretary. It, Mr. Becerra has never been a friend of pro-lifers. As a congressman, he voted in favor of, in favor of. Let me emphasize that partial birth abortion. Oh Lord! As California Attorney General, he has persecuted, not prosecuted, but persecuted. Citizen journalist David Daleiden, when David was exposing uh, this fetal tissue buying, selling, and trafficking of baby body parts with Planned Parenthood, he tried to force pro-life pregnancy centers in California to advertise and refer for abortion, a case that he lost at the Supreme Court where they deemed that unconstitutional. He's tried to force doctors and and nurses uh, against their conscience to participate in abortions. I mean, there's going to be a tremendous fight here. He is simply unacceptable as an HHS secretary, if it finally comes to that. Uh, I think we've got some openings, though, out in the state to continue to put forth a pro-life agenda, uh, to continue to close down in terms of abortions, like uh, Ohio, for example, has passed their law to stop discrimination abortions. Uh, for kids with Down syndrome and other kinds of conditions. Uh, We can continue to push forward in terms of pushing back uh, against all of these abortion clinics and putting in more pro-life policies. So I think there's some opportunities, but there will certainly be challenges ahead. Doctor, before we let you go, I want to ask one more question about the vaccinations that are currently in circulation distribution. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the one that Pfizer has, it's not derived then from aborted lines? No, Pfizer is not. Moderna is not. Now, a couple of others coming up are AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson are made using aborted fetal cells. But Pfizer and Moderna are produced without any contact or any use of aborted fetal cells. You can see this information also on the Lozier Institute website and learn more about Dr. Prentice's work and the fine work of the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Again, that that is lozierinstitute.org. Well, doctor, thank you so much for being my guest today. This has been very helpful. Um, How can folks follow you more closely then? I think, uh, as you've just said, go to LozierInstitute.org. Our website has uh, a big thing on the front page about what you need to know about COVID-19 vaccines, but a host of other material in terms of the life issues. The Charlotte Lozier Institute's motto is Science and Statistics for Life. So we're going to keep trying to provide all of the true information for you. Thank you, Doctor. We appreciate you coming on today. All right. Thanks, Chris. God bless. God bless you. Again, that's Dr. David Prentice with the Lozier Institute, and you can check out their website at lozierinstitute.org. Again, that's the Charlotte Lozier Institute at lozierinstitute.org. 
You want to learn more about our organization, always visit us at our website at ohioca.org or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.